Green Eggs and Horror content warning. Stories may contain adult language, adult situations, violence, and awesome. If you can't handle any of these things I just listed, I'd turn it off now. Good. Now it's just us. I'm Pete Nixon, and this is Green Eggs and Horror. Calm down, Grandpa. The story will start in a minute. Thanks to all of you for listening. Today's story, Zook's P.O.W., was written by Billy Vincent and is read by Davin Creed. About the author. Billy Vincent has lived his entire life in the great state of Oklahoma. He has lived with his incredibly supportive wife, Michelle, for over 15 years. He has had three short stories and anthologies published by Yard Dog Press. You can find them at www.yarddogpress.com. Now, here's our story. Zooks, P.O.W. by Billy Vincent, read by Davin Creed. He opened his eyes, but all around him was darkness. His ears rang, but he couldn't remember why. The yook known as Grandfather tried to rub his throbbing head, but found his arms raised a couple of inches before coming to an abrupt halt. His arms and legs, it seemed, were tied down to a sturdy chair. Grandfather sat in silence. The quiet went on for what seemed like hours. Eventually, the silence was interrupted by heavy footsteps. The steps moved in quick, even strides. A hand snatched a black sack from his head. Grandfather squinted as he tried to take in his surroundings. A single light overhead lit the room. It appeared to be empty except for the chair to which he was bound. A figure stood in front of him, dressed from head to toe in orange. His head was covered by a loose-fitting mask that had a sinister grin painted on it. Zooks, he thought to himself. I've been captured by those bread-and-butter side-down-eating abominations. Good to see you are awake, the masked Zook said. I like it when they are awake. Now we can begin. Grandfather straightened in his chair and set his jaw. I am known as Grandfather to all the land of the Yooks. I have proudly worn the blue uniform of the Zook-watching Border Patrol. I am blue through and through. I eat my bread-butter side up. My rank is general. My serial number is ABC123, and that's all the information you'll ever get out of me. It doesn't matter what kind of torture you subject me to. Nice speech, Lizook replied. I assure you, I have heard that before. In the end, everyone talks. Everyone. Save me some time and you some pain. What do you remember? Grandfather had readied himself for any question, but not this one. 
I'm sorry? What do you want? I need you to tell me what you remember, he reiterated. All I remember is waking up tied to this chair, Grandfather said. Let's jog your memory, the Zook said. He stepped back, seeming to melt into the darkness. Seconds later, he re-emerged with what looked like a switch or a small tree limb. Tell me, do you remember what this is? the Zook asked. Grandfather's eyes widened. Of course I do, he answered. It was our first line of defense against you bread-and-butter side-down eaters. It's the tough, tough, prickly snickberry switch. Mine was broken by that vile vantage. The first of many weapons you use to keep us zooks behind our wall, the interrogator said. He struck Grandfather across the face. Grandfather bit his lower lip to suppress a scream. Blood trickled from the tiny slashes on his cheek. Grandfather took a deep breath, held it for several seconds, then exhaled. The Zooks encountered all of our measures, but none of this is news to you. Why are you holding me here? Why indeed, the Zook said. Now that I have your attention, I need a list of components to build something. He leaned in closer to Grandfather so they were almost nose to nose. I need to know how to build another bitsy big boy boomeroo. The words hung in the air between them. Grandfather swallowed hard before responding. Both sides built one of those... things. You know how to make one. So either you don't remember, or you're playing stupid. Neither will benefit you, his captor said. He snatched up the sack and placed it back on Grandfather's head. You will be more chatty and helpful when I return, or there will be consequences for your actions. The footsteps retreated away from Grandfather's position, leaving him alone once again. He thrashed back and forth viciously on his hand and leg restraints, but they stayed intact. Left with but one course of action, he sat in silence, awaiting the return of his captor. It seemed as though an eternity had passed as he sat in that chair. Was it minutes, hours, or days that had gone by? Darkness no longer surrounded him, but felt like it was part of him. His throat was dry and his stomach yearned for food. He was almost sure he would never see another living yook or zook again when the footsteps returned, accompanied by a second sound. Grandfather wasn't sure, but he thought he heard something being dragged across the floor. A hand removed the sack, flooding his eyes once again with light. He wanted to shield them, but could not. Good, the zook said. You're awake. Let us continue. He backed up a few steps, reached into the darkness, and dragged a small body into the circle of light. Shoulders slumped, head drawn in against its chest, legs trailed almost lifelessly behind. The Zook didn't seem to be dragging him against his will so much as he lacked the energy to fight. The masked Zook sat the whimpering Yook on the floor before dragging him to a kneeling position. Grandfather's heart stopped a full second before restarting upon seeing the individual's face. His beaten and bloody grandson. Grandfather pulled at his restraints for the umpteenth time. What is the meaning of this? What have you done to him? He shouted. His captor hesitated, then answered, Isn't it obvious? When I need something, I will go to any lengths to get it. I have no trouble torturing an old yook, beating and bludgeoning a small yook, he paused, or killing animals and family pets. Grandfather's heart sank for the second time in as many minutes. He asked the question he didn't want to ask. Daniel the Spaniel? You killed my colleague and friend? He seemed to ignore the question, but replied, I need answers in a quick and orderly fashion. 
It's obvious that no matter how much pain I inflict upon you, you will not cooperate. So I asked myself, what if I torture someone else? What if it were your own grandson? His captor drew a large knife from his pocket, letting the light reflect off the blade. He stepped behind grandson and pulled his head back. Grandson's hands were tied together in front of him. He lifted them slightly before the captor said, Raise your hands to me and I will cut them off. You'll never play the ukulele ever again. Grandson's hands dropped to his side in an act of obedience. The masked Zook returned his attention to Grandfather. Now let me explain this to you in a way you will understand. He placed the blade flat against Grandson's cheek, causing him to flinch. I'm going to ask you questions. If I don't get the answers I need to these questions, he raised the tip to prick Grandson's cheek. A crimson drop rolled down his face. There will be more blood. Enough blood to see if it truly is thicker than water. Do you understand? Through clenched teeth, Grandfather answered. Yes, yes, I understand. Excellent. Now we can move forward, he said. What do I need to build the bitsy big boy boomeroo bomb? Grandfather unclenched his fists. Please, listen to me. The engineers and those mad scientists built all of our weapons. They showed me how to use them, but that was it. I never knew how they constructed any of them. The same old song and dance is getting tiresome, his captor replied as he slowly drew the blade across Grandson's cheek. A combination of blood and tears ran down Grandson's face. Both he and Grandfather sobbed mournfully. Please, he begged. I, I don't know anything else. Please don't hurt him anymore. I have been overly patient and gracious, the masked Zook replied. Since neither of you can help me, your usefulness is at an end. Grandson's drown-trodden face drew up into a smile as he turned sideways and slammed his elbow into their captor's groin. The masked Zook doubled over in pain, dropping the knife to cover his wounded crotch. Grandson leapt to his feet, grabbed the fallen knife, then punted the Zook's face like a yuck ball. Their interrogator's head slammed sideways, accompanied by a loud cry of pain before dropping to the floor. Grandson raced to Grandfather's side, knife in hand, and began slicing through his bonds. How did you do that? Grandfather asked. I'm tougher than I look, he said. Besides, I was acting like a bow possum, pretending to be more injured than I appeared. A river of tears rolled down Grandfather's tired old face. I'm just happy you're still alive. Alive and well, Grandson replied, got the last of the restraints. We need to get out of here as fast as possible. He thought I was unconscious when he dragged me this way. I saw a way out of this hell hole. Grandfather tried to get up from the chair that had held him captive for so long, but his legs faltered. A second attempt was met with similar results. I'm dehydrated and malnourished. My old body won't cooperate. Grandson moved to his side and helped Grandfather to his feet. They leaned on each other for support, and together they left the chamber. Grandson looked both left and right before they exited into the hallway. I must admit, Grandfather, Grandson said, I assumed you would have given the Zook the information he wanted. It's a bit hard to give him something you don't have, Grandfather replied. They passed a set of rooms, then turned left at a second hallway. Are you serious? Grandson asked. You really don't know? Was your plan to get us both killed? I had no plan, Grandfather said. I hoped I could lie our way out of this situation, or perhaps the cavalry would save us. They continued down the hallway into a large room. The walls were adorned with ornate tapestries and purple curtains stressed to the windows. A large gold throne appeared to be the centerpiece for the room. 
Are you sure you're going the right way? Grandfather asked. I assure you, Grandson said. We're right where we need to be. He let Grandfather tumble to the ground with a thump. Grandfather gazed around in confusion. What's going on? We need to go. A door opened in the back of the room, and a Zook entered from it. The masked Zook. Grandfather drew back towards Grandson in horror. We need to leave now, he shouted. Grandson simply sneered and shoved Grandfather toward his former captor with his foot. Like most in the war, he was nothing but a mindless drone, Grandson said. I can't say I'm totally surprised. Still, the masked Zook said, it is disappointing. What kind of game are you playing at, Van Hitch? Grandfather asked. The Zook turned his gaze toward Grandfather. I thought you might think I was Van Hitch, but I can assure you that I am not. I considered interrogating you with him in mind, but I couldn't lower myself to that level. He removed his mask, letting it fall to the floor. Beneath it was not a Yook or a Zook, but a man. He was a young, fair-skinned man, barely older than Grandson. His head and face were cleanly shaven, totally devoid of hair. Drag him to the balcony, he instructed. Grandson did as the man had said. Grabbing Grandfather by the shirt, he flailed and thrashed about, but to no avail. Grandson slammed Grandfather unceremoniously onto the cold floor of the balcony. The man walked with purpose to Grandfather's side. You should really see the view. I assure you, it is quite stunning. Reaching down with one hand, the man hauled the yook to his feet. Grandfather fell forward and clutched the banister to prevent falling again to the ground. Looking out across the land, Grandfather then began to weep. From the balcony of this castle, he could see both the land of the yooks and zooks. A crooked stone wall divided the two lands, but was barely intact. Homes leveled, numerous bodies covered the ground, and smoke billowed from small makeshift fires being used to get rid of things he didn't even want to think about. Both lands and the wall ended at a heavy tree line. They had never pursued taking the wall any further because of this fact. The castle he now stood in resided behind the forest. A huge iron gate surrounded the castle's perimeter and ended at a muddy moat. The thing that struck the most horror in his heart was the gate and multiple intervals along it were long metal pikes. On each pike, both Yook and Zook heads adorned them. One pike even possessed the skull of a dog, Daniel the Spaniel. Grandfather's chest began to seize up. His heart ached. What is happening here? You poor old fool, the man said. You still don't understand, do you? Allow me to introduce myself. I am King Corbin Crocker. Our kingdom was at peace for many long years. We were willing to sit back and watch while you ignorant people fought and even killed one another over something as trivial as what side of your bread to butter. Butter side up or butter side down indeed. We, on the other hand, know the truth. It doesn't matter what side it's buttered on, so long as the crust is removed. Grandfather turned toward the ranting man. Crust removed? Yes, he continued. Your ridiculous war is spilling into our borders. We defended ourselves as best we could, but we are in need of an equalizer. The bitsy big boy Boomeroo was possibly our only hope. Let grandson go, grandfather said, and I will try to help you. A snicker erupted behind him, and he turned around. You still don't get it, grandson said. You were all weak and pathetic. The best you ever had was a stalemate. 
On the glorious days those bombs were built, our true potential was revealed. Crackle, crackle, pop, pop, kaboom! After that destruction, some yooks wanted peace, but others wanted to stay the course. I wanted to continue your legacy, but the guard outright refused. A yook without purpose is no yook at all, King Crocker said. My men saw what the young yook was going through and began recruiting him. He knows the error of your ways. Butter without crust is the only way. It matters not how it is buttered. Grandfather dropped to his knees, sobbing into his hands. How can you give in to this blasphemy? How? How? Grandson asked. Your people handed you an untested bomb that sent you into a war zone without any care in the world. As did your so-called enemies. Do those sound like the plans of sane people? Young York, the king said, I believe you will agree that Grandfather is both unwilling to change and possesses no more useful information. Agreed, Grandson said. You've done well, Grandson, the king said. Do your duty and become a full-fledged member of my honor guard. Become one of the Uncrustables. Yes, my king, Grandson said. He moved across the throne room in three quick strides. No, please, Grandson, Grandfather pleaded. Grandson dragged the sobbing, blubbering man to his feet. I have no grandfather, he said as he shoved his former grandfather off the balcony. If you liked today's story, you can find Billy Vincent's other works, like Taking It for Granite, in More Stories That Won't Make Your Parents Hurl, 1001 Alabama Nights, in The Four Bubbas of the Apocalypse, Flatulence, Halitosis, Incest, and Ned. Observations, in Flush Fiction, Volume 2, Stories to be Read in One Sitting. You can also follow his blog at billyvincent2.wordpress.com or his rare tweets on Twitter at BillyVincent72. Thanks to Devin Creed who narrated today's story, wrote and produced the intro music as well as the soundtrack for today's story, and to Heather Nixon who wrote and produced the outro music. If you like what we're doing, please leave us a review and share this with your friends. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in a physical copy or a digital copy, you can find Green Eggs and Horror on Amazon, Kindle, and on greeneggsandhorror.com. Green Eggs and Horror is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives U.S. license. That means you can give it away and share it however you like, but don't take credit for it change it or sell it.